Otherwise, that's all we would do. Proverbs chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Verse 3. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence, for the communion we've had with you thus far in this service. Now, Lord, I ask that we would commune with you in your word, that your spirit would apply this word to each heart in the unique way it is to be received. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to speak to you this morning on trust, the key to life and fruitful living. Who knows that trust is important? It's important for relationships. If you have no trust in a relationship, you really have no trust. It's important for politics. It is. It's important for economics. If there's no trust, um, it hurts the economy. Who knows that sometimes a newscast on the economics being hurt don't help. They make it worse. Um, it definitely, trust is definitely an issue in um, the speed of things. If you don't trust something, you move very slowly before you embrace it, right? The lack of trust slows everything in our lives down. Spiritually, you don't trust God. That's where we're going with this. It slows your spiritual growth down. It slows your obedience down. It slows your giving down. It slows, it slows your enjoyment and your fruit-bearing um, vitality down. Look at what the lack of trust has done to the aviation industry. Who's flown anywhere recently? Before 911, you just got on the plane pretty quick. Now it ain't so because we don't trust all the passengers that might want to get on our plane. So we put up with everything being slowed down and even higher prices and paying for security tax and all that other stuff because trust in terms of travel, was destroyed at 911. And so trust is an important issue, so I hope that bears that out. I'll speak to you this morning over the next few weeks on trust. Today we're going to speak on the key to life and fruitful living. What is the most significant factor in knowing God and His will for my life? What would it be? Trusting Him. It's the most significant factor. It's not whether or not you pray or give or obey. It all, begin, it all goes to the roots. Trust Him. Shouldn't loving Him be more? Yeah. 
But if you don't trust someone, you have a hard time loving them, don't you? Number two, what's the most significant factor in growing more fruitful for him and his kingdom? It has to do with trust. And as we grow spiritually, we grow in our trust of the Lord. Our text today said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with fresh sparkling grape juice. Trust has to do with these things. Four observations from this text that we looked at. Number one, these verses are for everyone. Men aren't single out. Mothers aren't single out. Children aren't single out. These verses apply to us all. Number two, their words include promises. Promises that our paths will be directed. Promises of health to our flesh and strength to our bones. Promises of our barns being filled and our vats overflowing. And these promises are conditional on trusting in the Lord with all our heart, leaning not on our own understanding, not being wise in our own eyes, thinking we got it going on, that's pride, fearing the Lord, respecting Him, departing from evil, honoring Him with our possessions and the first fruits of all our increase. Their terms all relate, these conditions all relate to trusting God. If we don't trust Him, we'll lean on our own understanding, we'll be wise in our own eyes, we won't respect Him. If you don't trust someone, you don't respect them. Um, eventually we'll be drawn into a life of evil and we sure won't trust Him with our giving. Some truths about trusting I'd like to get into this morning. Number one, God is trustworthy deserving of our confidence. I just want to proclaim that truth. God is trustworthy. Tell your neighbor, God is trustworthy. He has entrusted to us all the blessings we have received. He is trustworthy and He's determined that He's going to make us trustworthy. So He's entrusted to us all of our blessings. If you are an American, you have really been entrusted with some great blessings. Who knows it's great to be a U.S. citizen. Number three, we are the trustees of everything He has given us. He is the the Lord. He is the King. We are the stewards and the servants. In a kingdom, ultimately, the King owns everything. If you build a house, you get your wood from the royal forest and get your land from the royal real estate office. And you are a steward of that which is royal. It's a kingdom, right? Well, those of us who are in the citizens of the kingdom of God and recognize everything we have has been given to us by Him, we are the stewards of it. He is the owner. If we've given Him our life, we've given Him that rightful place that is already His. The earth is the Lord's and And uh, the earth is his footstool. Heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. So we are the stewards of an almighty God 
who's made us responsible with blessings he has entrusted to us to the point he has made us his trustees. God is worthy of our trust. His care is constant. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. His care is constant. We have no reason to fear if we trust him, trust in his care. I remember a song growing up. Sometimes we sing it here. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word upon his promise, just to rest upon his promise, just to hear, thus saith the Lord. His care is constant. His gifts are generous. 1 Timothy 6.17 says, Command those who are rich, that's us, <laughs> in this present age. Has anybody been to Haiti lately? We're all rich. Even those of us who are broke, you are rich. In fact, some of the richest people I know are really broke. So it's, it's all rel- relative to, to the perspective of God. I believe he sees us all as rich. So this verse is for us. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. This sermon is not purposed to make us feel guilty for being blessed, but to help us to be able to enjoy it. Whereas if it belongs to him, I don't have to be afraid of it being stolen from me. He is the caretaker. Uh, Bill Gothard's ministry uh, on the Institute of Basic Youth Conflicts uh, features the testimony of a uh, missionary to one of the Pacific Islands who was very much an American and very much understood ownership. And he planted a pineapple garden, a field of pineapples. Who's heard the pineapple story? He planted a field of pineapples. And to his dismay, the natives on that island would come and steal his pineapples. And he would, get, he would get angry and yell at them and ruin his witness. Then he would have to apologize and teach them it's not right to steal and all this. And one day in prayer, the Lord showed him this truth that we are stewards of all, everything he's given to us. He said, okay, Lord, I give you the pineapple field. I just give it to you. I surrender and I give it to you. It wasn't many days before those stealing the pineapples began to murmur amongst themselves about the missionary. Why isn't he yelling at us anymore? Uh, Has he become a Christian? (laughs) And so when they would question him, he'd say, oh, I don't own that field anymore. I'm not the owner of the field anymore. And uh, so the word spread. He was no longer the owner of the field. Well, in that culture, it was okay to take things from your friends. But it was a big no-no to take things from someone who was unknown to you. 
So they had to find out who was the owner of the field so that they could continue enjoying these pineapples. This missionary was one of the best pineapple farmers they'd ever seen. They had to know. So one morning he was awakened early by a crowd of people filling his yard, demanding to know who owned the pineapple field. Don't you know that was an opportunity to preach the gospel? God opened the door to evangelism in that culture through the revelation of trusting God with everything that he owns to the point of saying, God, it's yours. I trust you. Now, I'm not recommending we go and take things from people that we know, but in that culture, it really was a truth that applied. And I believe it applies in this culture, not in terms of stopping people from stealing from us, but in terms of us stopping the enemy from stealing our peace of mind because we're afraid of it being stolen from us. We're a culture that's gripped by fear. We got the police. We got the sheriff's department. We've got our burglar alarms. We've got security systems and security guards. We've got insurance policies. We've got contracts. We've got lawyers. We've got all these things. And you know what? None of it is airtight. Something can always get in there and go wrong. Things just happen in life. So I believe we should be responsible stewards and do all that we can to make our lives a better place for the purpose of his kingdom, but never allow any weakness to rob us of our peace. Amen. Ultimately, unless the Lord guards a city, the watchman stays awake in vain, the Bible says. So God is constantly caring for us and his gifts are generous when we are not and when others are not. Amen. He gives us richly all things to enjoy. Can we say the word enjoy? Enjoy. That missionary with the pineapple field had a tremendous load come off of his shoulders. He did it for his own peace of mind when he gave his pineapple garden to God. Little did he know it would open the door to a tremendous ministry. The natives had a lot to learn. One time they stole his motorcycle and were using it as a flashlight, carrying it on poles on their shoulders, walking around with it. A lot to learn. What is bothering you? What natives are in your heart stealing peace from you that could stop like this if you just give that situation to God? God, I'm going to trust you. I just give it to you. It's yours. Life has trust-testing seasons. Who knows that? There's primarily two type seasons. Seasons of adversity and seasons of prosperity. Sometimes it is easier to trust him in the season of adversity because when your back is against the wall, you have no other option. (laughs) Somebody said, how come there's more miracles happening in dirt-poor cultures than there is in our culture. Well, in those cultures, they have no other option. They have to depend upon God for their healing. Here we've got controlled poisons, medicines. We've got physicians, and I'm not slamming them. My doctor's, my doctor, my daughter is a nurse with a doctor's degree. Look at this verse. Jeremiah prophesied, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man, and makes flesh his strength, 
whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Wow. I don't want to be a desert shrub. In adversity, sometimes we realize that we are that because we're not trusting in the Lord. But sometimes in prosperity, we're trusting in our riches, not knowing that one change in the weather or one shift in the earth's surface could bring it all down. One crater in the economy could bring your riches to nothing. Our trust has to be in the Lord. Amen? Verse 7, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green, and it will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor cease from yielding fruit. As a kid, I grew up hearing this song put to music. But for some reason, the writer made the chorus, I shall not be moved, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved, just like a tree that's planted by the water. I shall not be moved. Well, I was one of those little kids in church that always thought. My parents used to say, boy, you'd argue with the sign after you painted it. But I thought, I thought that is a dumb chorus. Trees planted by water don't have long roots. How many have seen a tree fall down on the, on the earth's, you know, on the bank of a river? A tree can fall in it because the river rises, washes away the dirt around the roots. The, the roots don't have to be deep. In struggles, our roots can go deep, amen? So I said we should sing that song the way it should be because the verse it's based on means that you will never be unfruitful. I shall not be, I shall not be dry I shall not be, I shall not be dry, just like a tree that's planted by the waters. I shall not be dry. I couldn't get anybody to listen to me. So. We don't want to be moved, amen, by life's storms and be like a tree planted by the waters. Not, not that its characteristic there is being immovable, but its characteristic is always being fruitful, even in the midst of a drought. God's most important Important questions, important questions for me. Do I really trust him? And is he truly my source? Is God your source? We have this on our money. There's moves made to have it removed. In fact, on some of our coins, it's been moved off the face of the coin onto the edge. That's called compromise. And while I believe it should be on our coins as a reminder of the truth, the question is, do we? In God we trust. Do we trust in God? It's on our money. They can take it off of our public buildings and off of our money. The truth for us believers, we need to be God-trusters. Amen? God-trusters. I have a friend named Tommy Tenney who wrote a book and birthed a ministry called The God Chasers. 
He's all about pursuing God. Wonderful writing ministry. So if somebody wants to start another ministry, start one and call it the God Trusters. We're going to trust Him no matter what. You know, Job was hit with some terrible trials. They lasted about a year, nine months to a year of his life. Lost everything. Even his wife's respect and her trust. Lost it all. And um, he didn't know there was this conversation going on between God and the devil. He didn't know that restoration was coming. And he hoped he would one day see his, his loved ones that he lost in heaven one day, but he did not know some restoration was coming beyond belief in his lifetime in a matter of months. He had no idea. They didn't even know the devil was at work. And he said these words, Though God slay me, I will trust him. Under the sound of my voice this morning are some people facing great struggles. And you're wondering whose fault it is. Is this God? Is this the devil? Is this me? Is this my neighbor? Is this my enemy? Is this my church? Is this my job? Is this, is this the Democrats? Is this the Republicans? Though fill in the blank slays me, I will trust him. Job had no other choice. It's either curse God and die or trust him. Lord, I pray that you would enable us to trust you no matter what. To trust you with everything that is in us. Everything. In 1913, mother had a baby boy and named him Shadrach Meshach Lockridge. He grew up, became pastor of Calvary Baptist Church in San Diego, California, became well known as S.M. Lockridge. Maybe you've heard his thing, it's, it went viral on the YouTube, around the Internet. His sermon, he's my king. He's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. And he has no peer. He is my king. He's well known for he is my king. But I think the next one that's going to hit the waves, I'm just waiting any day, is one that I found in written form called You Can Trust Him. Would you like to hear this poem? You can trust him. Offered and inspired by the late Dr. S.M. Lockridge. He is unparalleled and unprecedented. He is a centerpiece of civilization. He is a superlative of all excellence. He is a sum of human greatness and the source of divine grace. And you can trust him. Can I get an amen? amen? His name is the only one able to save and his blood is the only power able to cleanse. His ear is open to the sinner's call and his hand is quick to lift the fallen soul. He is the eternal lover of us all 
everyone and you can trust him. He supplies mercy for the struggling soul. He sustains the tempted and lifts the tried. He sympathizes with the wounded and the broken. He strengthens the weak and the weary. He guards and he guides the wanderer. He heals the sick and cleanses the leper. He delivers the captive and defends the helpless. And he binds up the brokenhearted. And he is not against you. He is for you. And you can trust him. Jesus is the key to all wisdom. He's the wellspring of wisdom and knowledge. He's the door of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway to glory. And yes, you can trust him. Jesus is enough, always will be more than enough. He's the all-sufficient king. He's the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he rules over you and I. And yes, again, you can trust him. And rejoice in this, my friend. He is a sovereign king. There is no gauge to measure his limitless love. There is no barrier to block. His blessings outpoured. You can trust Him, our priceless treasure. You can trust Him. He's enduringly strong and entirely supreme and eternally steadfast. He's immortally faithful and impurely powerful. He's impartially merciful. He is Jesus, God's Son, His Word made flesh, and you can trust Him. I wish I could accurately describe Him to you. But he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. You can't outlive him. You can't outgive him. You can't live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't fault him, and Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't conquer him, and the grave couldn't hold him. My friends, you can trust him. He's awesomely almighty and beautifully beautiful, constantly cleansing and divinely divine, eternally from everlasting to everlasting. He is the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. He's the God of the future and the God of the past. Yesterday, today, and forever, He will always last. And you can trust Him. As we rise to speak His name again and again, Jesus, Jesus, He is our Lord. He is for us, not against us. One who will never leave us. Promise never ever to forsake us. Emmanuel is he. Our God is with us. Closer than a brother and more loyal than a mother. And we can trust him. Thank you, Lord. We trust you, Lord, with our lives. We trust you, Lord, with our future. We trust you, Lord, with our family and our relationships and our church and our ministry. Our finances, Lord. We trust you with our destiny. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray for every person here, Lord, that has been wavering in their trust of you. I pray, God, today they would plant a new stake in the ground from this day forward, November the 7th, year 2010. I'm going to become a God truster. I'm going to begin to trust God with everything in my life, everything that concerns me, everything that inspires me, everything that gives me strength and everything that drains me, Lord. I'm going to trust you with it in Jesus' name. Amen. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe in Him, whoever would trust in Him, would not have to perish but could have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Everybody ain't going to heaven. If they were, it would become earth too. 
But God is in the soul-saving business where He renews our minds and changes our hearts and makes us worthy. Not us in our own works, not us on our own. But He makes us His children, makes us His family where we can tune with the Spirit and slowly, day by day, as we grow in trusting Him more and more, He changes our life. You can begin that journey today by simply calling on His name. Can we pray that prayer together? Jesus, I call on Your name. Help me to trust You. I believe You died for our sins. And I believe You are risen from the dead. I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth that You are the Son of God. I trust You to forgive me, to come into my life, and to begin to change me. It's just that simple, friends. You can trust Him. Can I ask the prayer team to join me across the front? It's early. It's only 10.15 on the East Coast. Come and join us across here. On the West Coast, I mean, it's 9.15. If you'd like for prayer, for anything in life, any challenge you may face, we're here to pray with you. Maybe it's a need to trust Him more. Maybe it's an issue you are trusting Him with, but you would like to agree with someone in prayer. Maybe you would like to pray that prayer. I just let us in to give your life to Jesus today, to trust Him for eternal life. Today can be your day. Praise the Lord. As Pastor Shake leads us in a song, I'm going to leave you with this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And may you grow in favor with God and man and knowledge of Him and trust Him more than you ever have before. In Jesus' name. Come and receive some prayer. Pastor Shake, leave us, brother. Come, disconsolate.